0: The Brand Dad Podcast with Robbie Fowler. Episode 40, a behind-the-scenes look at a six-figure consulting personal brand with Mary Viloni. blending in, this is not how you want to be perceived in a crowded market. Discover how to position, pitch, and profit from your brand right here on the Brand Ed podcast. Today we're joined by my good friend Mary Valoney. She is a respected expert on fundraising and an award-winning author. She's built a wonderful, life-giving personal brand and consulting business. She has over 20 years of fundraising experience with organizations like the American Cancer Society, the ALS Association, and Special Olympics. Nowadays, she shares her expertise as a coach, trainer, and mentor to nonprofit leaders around the world. And she's going to give us a sneak peek behind the scenes of what it's been like to build her six-figure consulting business. Mary, thank you for coming on the Brand Ed podcast. It is wonderful to have you, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. I can't wait to talk today, and I hope you're excited.
1: I am. I'm thrilled. It's always a good day when Robbie Fowler and Mary Bologna are in the That's Zoom.
0: right. It's guaranteed yeah. at least two of us will have a good time. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I it. May just be us, but we will. Uh, okay. So for our audience, I'd love for you to just introduce yourself a little bit. I've given them a, a little bio, but just tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Sure. Yeah. I am a fundraising consultant. So, I help charities and ministry leaders, pastors, you name it, uh, with their fundraising efforts. So, getting them from a place of, I have no idea how to raise money, to a place where, hey, we can actually raise money for a building campaign, a special project, whatever that is, uh, that's really my area of expertise. And I've been doing that for as long as I can remember. was <laughs> like 20 years professionally. Uh, but I was the kid that was selling candy bars in elementary school. And I, I stinking rocked at it. So okay. that's where, that's where this all began. So please parents do not stop your kids from selling candy bars Let in elementary school. Let them sell it candy. Their career.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. right. Okay. So that's so funny. Cause literally the next question I was going to ask you is Mary. So when you were little Mary's running around third grade or whatever, like, what did you think you would wanted to be when you grew up? If some adult asked you that crazy question, what do you want to be? Did you have any idea? What would you have said?
1: As a kid, I wanted to be a vet you know, just because my best friend wanted to be a vet, <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, I want to do what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, but that also falls into play, you know, that I'm, um, you know, on the Enneagram, if anybody follows that I'm a three, so I'm, I'm definitely a chameleon. So I like mm. to hang out and do what other people like. Um, but yeah, and I, I do love animals. We have two Dalmatians of course, but, um, but once I got into, uh, you know, got a little bit older, I more mm. or less just was like, you know what? I just want to spend time with people. I love people. And and I, I don't know what career that looks like, but I love sales and, you know, I was, I was always, you know, kind of that top sales person and whatever right. I did. And right. so I, I knew it was going to kind of be in that area.
0: Okay. So given the fact, cause I know you and I could clearly see you. Yeah. If you're working in some corporate sales position, you'd, you'd you'd have a lot of enemies and those would be your coworkers. They're like, I can't believe she won top salesperson again this year. Right. So I want to know of all those different avenues you could have gone, like what got you into fundraising? How, how did you land there?
1: Sure. Well, in college, I, I did an internship with my college ministry mm. and, that summer before that I was like you know what I'm gonna go work for a church and I spent the whole summer doing mission trips and just helping in the ministry space and then the next the next year I interned and I was like oh my gosh I would love to just take on their fundraising and see how this goes and so I did their golf tournament and their annual just all the different kind of fundraisers that they were doing and I just I loved it I was like if I could work for a charity whether that's you know a ministry or more of a secular nonprofit, I Mm-hmm. knew that that was where I wanted to be. So my degree was in organizational communications. So okay. I kind of knew that nonprofits were my thing. And so, but I just, I love helping people. And so that kind of fell into play for me in, gotcha. in college.
0: Okay. So when you got started, you did, you've worked for some big organizations. We've all heard of, yeah. to, to name a few, American Cancer Society uh, being one of those. So what you know, why did you break out on your own and start your own consulting business around this whole fundraising idea?
1: Yeah. So in 2013, uh, my dad was diagnosed with cancer for the second time, and Mm -hmm. it basically had gone everywhere. And so he ended up passing from cancer that summer of 2013. And I was working for the American Cancer Society at the time. and, And I just immediately kind of went into this whole, like, Oh my gosh, I'm not going to live forever. <laughs> like mm. it was almost That kind of epiphany where, uh, yeah, I just, I started thinking about what I wanted to do and I had always wanted to work for myself. I always wanted to work in consulting. And that was purely because I just wanted to help a lot of different organizations. Mm. And so that next year, I just, I spent that year after he passed away, just really figuring out, how do I start my business? How do I get this thing off the ground? And within a year of his passing, I had started my my new
0: business. Mary. Wow. Yeah. You crazy Enneagrams three. (laughs) One year later, it's, 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 it, it exists, right? It's in reality. So when it comes to fundraising, coming, coming out of that story with your dad, that, that moment where you're like, okay, um, it kind of shakes you up. I need to figure out not just what I want to do, but why, right? (laughs) Why I'm here, not just what I do while I'm here. So, I've heard you share this before, but why? Why do you do what you do around fundraising and nonprofits? I mean, that that's not always the funnest group to work. There's not a lot of money. There's can be a lot of complaining, right? A lot of "woe is me." Okay, so why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah. What what get what gets you excited about doing this?
1: Yes. Well, you know, and right like during that year when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next, Mm -hmm. I, I asked this question all the time because I was like, why do I like fundraising? Like, I mean, I, I
0: really, I who likes to, fundraising?
1: And <laughs> I, I really, I was trying to figure it out. I was asking my husband, I'm like, when I come home, you know, when I'm at work, what gets me excited? Like, what do I get all riled up about? And he's like, when you get a big check, <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. All right. Um, and so, but the whole, what it all came back to was when you set a goal and it's really something that feels so unattainable, like it just, it just seems so impossible. Uh, and then you, work through the process and you actually get to the place where you connect with people who want to be a part of what you're a part of and you watch them get excited about the process. And then before you know it, you have brought together this collective group of people who all care about the same thing. They're all moving in the same direction and they mm. happily hand over their money. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I was like okay it's not the check it's the fact that I was like look at this journey that we have been on that we could we no matter what the goal is and so right. that's really what I love about helping other people with their fundraising is that mm-hmm. in the end everybody wants the same thing and whatever it's that vision. It's that, that goal that you're trying to accomplish. So um, it, as I started to build up my business, I had friends who would say, you, you know what you do? And I was like, what? And they're like, <laughs> you make the impossible possible. Mm. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Because, you know, my big fundraiser that I put on for the American Cancer Society that resulted in all of this took me on this whole, you know, mm-hmm. path was that I had raised a half a million dollars in, in the great recession, you know, the, back mm. in 2007, eight, and nine, when things were so tough and we net a half a million dollars on a first year fundraiser for the American Cancer Society. And everybody in that community was like, what did you do? <laughs> like. Mm. How the heck did you pull off a half a million dollars in a town that was no big, it was about 150,000 people in this town. It's like I was living in this, you know, metro market live in now. Not
0: in Beverly Hills.
1: No, exactly. Like I was in Springfield, Missouri, for those of you who <laughs> know the area. You know, and and we raised a half a, we net a half a million dollars. And so it was really beautiful. But anyways, all that to be said is that I I just really love taking something that is a dream that somebody has this idea and they're like, I just have no idea how I'm going to get there. And I love walking people through it to accomplish that with other people.
0: Gotcha. Now when you say you know that that half million dollar number i know from working with you we get to work together also not just podcast together that you know one of the surprises is especially like you mentioned that's during the recession and kind of beneath that question of how did you do that is there's no way there's that kind of money out there right the 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 resources out there are so limited we're all scrounging around for a few dollars how in the world did you go up and gobble half a million when Particularly in a time when there's just such, there's just not that much out there. So, when it comes to that mindset of, well, I guess I'll settle, I'll settle for which which happens a lot in this space. Tell me about because I know it. Tell me about your conviction around that. Well, there's just not much out there, so I guess I'll just settle for this.
1: And, and that is a very common thing, especially in the area of fundraising, that there's this fundra- there's this money pie of people who are giving to charity. And if you get a slice of it, it takes the slice from somebody else. And I have to remind people that the money that I give to charity could be the meal that I ate at McDonald's, or it could have been the vacation that I took you know, somewhere else. And I think people forget that discretionary funds can be used however <laughs> people want to use it. So... That money, all of our money is up for grabs for whatever is going on. So I, I have to remind people that I'm like, you. M- there is endless amounts of money and everybody has some. <laughs> <laughs> Every, it doesn't matter how, like you are homeless on the streets. You mm-hmm. still have some. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And so everybody has money. I tell people it's the least exciting thing about any of us you know, mm. the money in our wallet. And so the, the most exciting thing is, is really our skills and our talents and what we bring And So if you can invite people in, there's, there's endless amounts of resources for your charity.
0: Okay, so I've seen literally like nonprofits that are working with you. Like you, I've been on calls, like Zoom calls, especially nowadays, right? Where you can literally see, see their like frowning, maybe hopeless, discouraged faces go from that to encouraged as you really just remind them that there's don't walk around with the scarcity mindset that there's just not enough out there so now for, we we've got a group of people listening to this podcast maybe they're not you know nonprofits looking to raise funds if you are don't worry we're going to give you ways to connect with mary <laughs> at the end right you give like if that's you and you're just desperate fast forward to the end we'll we'll tell you how to connect with mary but there's lots of folks listening to this that they're a consultant or they want to start a consulting business or a coaching or a training business. Uh, maybe they're a speaker, um and a lot of times you know you juggle two or three of those, like I'm consultant, speaker, speaker, coach. so that that uh, cause I've heard you talk about that's really drives why you do what you do, right? is to to help those folks that think there's just scarcity of resources out there. There's no way I'm gonna raise money so so given that that's really Mary's thing. <laughs> Like that's what drives what you do. How do you think that set you apart from a very crowded space? There's consultants all over the place and there's fundraising coaches and experts all over the place. So how do you think that's helped set you apart from the rest of the crowd?
1: Yeah. Well, I have a tendency to have a conversation with somebody about whatever that dream is, whatever that thing they're trying to accomplish and to be able to, to connect with them in a way to say, you're not crazy. (laughs) <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And sometimes even verbalizing that dream or that thing that you want to do is sometimes scary. And so I try and just create an environment where you can be genuine and authentic and you can say, you know, you can be vulnerable about that thing that's been nagging on your shoulder, whether that's writing a book or starting your business or trying to raise money for that building. Like mm-hmm. there's lots of things that people kind of tuck down and they just keep shoving it down further and further because they think think... think, Oh, this is crazy talk. Who would ever even come alongside me to help me? So, so that's usually what happens is I, I I connect very well with people when it comes to crazy, because I'm like, I think that like, there's just so many different ways to, to get to that, you know, Mm. to that goal. And so I realized, yeah, I, I give them a safe place for them to, to dream. And then we figure out a way to get, to get to where they want to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun watching uh you know I wouldn't my normal day job I'm not a fundraiser I get to work with you and help but I'm you know helping with some of the marketing and and messaging and positioning and website stuff I'm I'm not they're not looking to me as the primary fundraiser person they look to you and it's it's been so clear how they recognize hey Mary is the one that really taught me that that there's not I need to let go of that scarcity mindset and go for it right. Mm-hmm. And so how I mean it's super clear to me when I watch kind of from the outside looking in. How do you think that's helped you as a you know, if you just put your Mary the consultant hat on, how has that helped you attract the right clients? That that fact that what's unique about Mary is that hey, she's going to knock that scarcity mindset right out of you. <laughs> with a smile, she'll do it with a smile, but she will knock it right out of right out of you. How do you think that's helped you, you know, get the right kind of folks connected to you?
1: Yeah. Well, I have, um, thought a little bit on the, you know, oh, I come from the, this more secular nonprofit space and I have kind Mm -hmm. of thought a little bit that faith-based arena a little bit, just because I'm not a minister and I don't, Mm -hmm. I I obviously love Jesus and I've, you know, come up through, through that, um, you know, as a believer, but Mm -hmm. I never thought I was like, especially equipped, uh, to work with faith, faith-based leaders. And you and I, Work with them quite Mm -hmm. frequently now. And, but what I noticed is when I started doing my podcast and I wrote my book and I, you know, started putting content out there, what happened was, was that because I'm a believer, I connected with other believers. Mm -hmm. And so people who were hungry for help uh, tended to be that audience. And Mm -hmm. so for me, I'm like, what I've noticed is that I'm like, I, you know, it really has attracted the ideal client for me because it's that audience that's so hungry for change they just don't know how to do it and so I have you know had to really embrace that and be like it's okay that I don't have that minister background but I don't I'm not you know, I didn't go to, you know, seminary or anything like that, but that I'm specifically equipped to help that faith-based leader mm-hmm. uh, raise money and to really go for whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish, you know, starting yeah. the nonprofit or raising the money. So right. anyway, so it, that was really a shock to me when I first started my business. Cause mm-hmm. I thought for sure, I would get like the, you know, the make a wish foundations and the children's, you know, networks and that. Right all those kind of more secular nonprofits. And I tended to attract in a, a really strong faith-based audience. Mm-hmm. And, and I have just, yeah, I really embraced that. And as mm-hmm. you and I know, you know, we worked with that audience with missionaries and ministry leaders. Right. And like I I just, I love, 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 love them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're hungry. They're hungry. Right, And I'm all about helping people who are hungry to learn. So. Uh,
0: okay. Uh, so you mentioned your book. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you in, in the book, and lots of other places they can get it. We'll mention that at the end. You kind of cre- created a framework, right? Uh, that that this is Mary's framework. You can again, we'll we'll give more details on what book are you talking about and where can I get it. But just real quick, um, I want you to walk us through that framework. Just blaze through it real quick so people can get an idea. Oh, okay. That's maybe what a framework looks like if I'm a coach or a consultant or whatever. So walk us through that framework real quick.
1: Well, so when I was telling you the story about how I'd raised a half million dollars for the American cancer society in a first year fundraiser, well, mm-hmm. A lot of people started asking me questions about like, how did you do that? Right. Uh, like, okay. oh, you have yep. success, you know. So then everybody wants you to teach them how you did it. And I was like, I don't know, how did we do it? <laughs> so what I did um was I was actually going through Dave Ramsey's uh baby steps at the time. I was going mm-hmm. through you know financial peace university. And I'm like, okay, if getting out of debt is as simple as seven steps, fundraising should be as simple as seven steps. Okay. Like Every decision that you're working on in this, and and what's been so great for those of you who are not, you know, fundraisers or, you know, working for a nonprofit, this, this framework, I'm going to tell you real quick is the same, like this works for everything, Mm, (laughs) It works for every goal. So if you're trying to write a book, if you're trying to start a business, whatever this, just listen to it from that frame of mind. So the, the seven steps, they spell out the word freedom. So super easy, uh, acronym for freedom. And so what I did was I just went through every step of the process. So very beginning, focus your vision. So that's all about knowing what you want, where Mm -hmm. you want to go. So you start with the end in mind, right? So focus your vision. Uh, And then we jump into run your research, which is the R, run your research. It's all about, hey, if you know what everybody else is doing and what's working and what's not, you have more confidence to take that next step forward. You know what direction you want to go in. Then you got the E, enlist your team. I'm a big believer in building out teams. I'm Uh, like, nobody should ever do anything alone. (laughs) I'm like, that is the silliest thing is to think that you should do anything by yourself because we've never gotten anywhere we've gotten without the help of others. So Mm. enlist your team is number three. And then the fourth one is enhance your brand, which is all about Robbie, Robbie Fowler's (laughs) special gift. (laughs) <laughs> in the marketing sphere. Um, and that's, you know, building out your marketing collateral, you know, like your website, your print materials, your colors, your, you know, all that stuff that really tells people who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's enhance your brand, the fourth step. And then the fifth one is deploy your team. So once you've got all your branding, you've got all your, all that stuff all ready to go, you can then send people out on your behalf. So now you're not just telling your story. Now all these other people are telling your story too, and you're all moving the same direction together. So that's Mm. deploy your team. Then we got the sixth step is organize your ask. That's where every fundraiser, every person who has a goal, they jump right to step six. Mm. I should just go ask for money. I should just go ask for what I want. I should just go after that thing. And it's like, no, 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 like do all those five steps that I just mentioned before. Then you can go ask people for what you want and they'll really see you and say, okay, you're serious. You know what Mm. you're doing. You're actually going to do this, and then the last step is is the D of freedom, and it's um, or, or sorry, the M of <laughs> freedom. <laughs> the M is make your difference. So that's all about celebrating and just thanking people and being able to really do what you came here to do. So that's really it in a nutshell. So freedom, and you know it it's worked for startup nonprofits really experienced nonprofits. And like I said, I've had business leaders who said, Hey, I went through this for my business. And somebody who said they had a doula business and they mentioned it, they're like, Hey, I I use this to help build my business." I was like, that's stinking awesome. So, um, and the book is called fundraising freedom. So really remember.
0: And we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. So, uh, here I want to, I want to pause for a second because I have, I have asked these questions on purpose, right? So the first set of questions around, okay, Mary, what got you into fundraising? Kind of what's your unique approach to it? That scarcity mindset that drives a lot of what you do. Uh, if you're a coach or consultant, speaker, trainer, anyone trying to figure out how you kind of position yourself, like that's why I asked Mary those questions. I did not tell her ahead of time, hey, talk about how you position yourself, right? Right but you can see she's got a very unique perspective that drives what she what she does and why she does it that makes her very different from all kinds of other coaches, you know, uh, trainers, consultants, even in the fundraising space. It's really really clear. And so go back and listen to that now that you know like oh that's what you're doing. Yeah, go back and listen to how those questions help articulate what makes Mary's consulting business different than a million other consultants okay the second thing is now we've moved to okay now mary has a unique framework she has a unique way that she goes about doing that fundraising and helping people overcome this scarcity mindset when it comes to fundraising and i want people to to catch what you just mentioned in and that is you went and did it you didn't like sit in some classroom and develop the freedom and then go try to execute it and go, oh, I got lucky. It happened to happened to work. It, a lot of times it works that way, right? It's a retrofit. So, so after that experience, as people kept asking you how to do it, right, that's where you were like, okay, I've got to, like, how, well, just w- walk us through how you did that process. Did you take a day, take a week? Did you buy some course? What helped you get from, I did it. How do I kind of deconstruct what I did?
1: Yeah. Well, I I had so many people actually, like you said, they were asking me how to do this and I knew that I had to write a book. And so then I'm like, okay, a book, how do you break down a book? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and you think about for me, I just, uh, seven is my number. So to be honest with you, I just was like, I'm the youngest of seven. Born in <laughs> July 7, birthday yep. 7, 17. Like, so sevens are just my thing. So I'm like, seven. We're doing seven steps. Right. So this, this okay. what's going to happen. Um, I grabbed the word freedom because I was like, you know, this is a great word that just like correlates with what I'm trying to let people know. That right. I'm like, I want That's
0: back to that positioning. Yeah.
1: Yes. I want people to act, think, and speak without holding back. That's what mm. the definition of freedom is. And so mm. I'm like, okay, that's what I want for people. So I actually took... The word freedom, wrote it out on a sheet of paper, (laughs) you know, top Uh down, I just started coming up with words that would correlate with what I was trying to accomplish in each one of those steps. And so I was on a, a, how far did we drive? About 12 hours. Uh, We were going to a family reunion and my husband was driving and so I just sat in the passenger seat and just was like, wow. really pulling apart my process. And I was like, okay, what did I do first, and what did I do mm-hmm. next? Okay. And I kind of just went through the whole thing. And then it took it took me a good, um, probably two years from there of teaching it, refining the content and, and then actually writing the book to where it came together for me. But I had, I had talked to experts who were doing consulting work like myself. Mm -hmm. A lot of them had encouraged creating my own acronym, creating my own system. So I was like, I just took a lot of their advice and just started to really process that and say, well, what kind of teacher what kind of coach do I want to be and Mm. that's really how it all came together so but honestly uh, the steps and everything it was fine-tuned by my coach it was fine-tuned by others but it really was just a sitting down with a sheet of paper and the same thing happened when I was like why do I like fundraising took out a journal and I just started jotting down all the reasons why and I bulleted it out you know so I'm a a hands-on give me a pen and a sheet of paper and I'll just really processing day after day after day is is really kind of how I work things through. Okay.
0: Excellent. So again, if you're a coach or consultant You've got to have some way that you go do how you do what you do, not just what you do, right? And so maybe we'll link. Who knows? Maybe we'll we'll link to a map of Mary's twelve-hour journey. So, like, what's Mary's trail to freedom? Frameworks, okay? Well, you start here, you drive drive all the way up here, and that's how you can
1: you go from Missouri, to
0: Minnesota. (laughs) Yeah, there you go, Missouri to Minnesota. That's how you get a framework, right? But no, I do think it's really helpful for folks to hear. A, you were doing it for a while, right? And then as you experience success around something you enjoy doing, other people start asking you, right? That's natural for them. Well, how did you do that? That then it takes you another couple of years. It takes some intentional effort, right? For you to go, okay, that's a great question. How did I did it? But how would I tell somebody else or show somebody else that I did that? And then to go kind of refine that for a couple of years, like you said, then comes the book process, which in itself, I imagine, is a whole nother refining, right? Right. Of that of that process, but I just don't want folks to, you know, be under this pressure that oh, I've got to know how to go do all this before I start my consulting business or coaching business. So where where did Mary launch out on her own in that kind of whole process?
1: Yeah, such a great question because, and I do want people to hear the same thing is that it, it this, nothing ever happens overnight. It just feels like, I mean, I journal a lot, so I can mm-hmm. go back to my journals and I can start to see like, when did I first kind of have an idea of doing something mm-hmm. like this, you know, and it's always so much further back than you think it was. So, but what I did was I I knew I needed to go from one to one. So I, I knew I needed to go from the American Cancer Society to another nonprofit organization that would allow me... The freedom, allow me (laughs) space to really start to process, you know, how do I want to build out my business? So I I was very fortunate. Chi Campus Ministries hired me right after I worked for the American Cancer Society. They have 320 university campuses all over the country and I got to be their national advancement consultant. And so they were like, Hey, teach us how to fundraise. And so I worked a fraction of the hours uh, that I was working at the American Cancer Society, and then that freed me up. It, it really was the bridge to get okay. me where I was wanting to go. And so, yeah, it was an incredible transition year for me. And I, and I ended up working with Kai Alpha for about five years, actually, okay. um, because I just it, I got a chance to really teach missionaries, and it was I was in the space that I wanted to move into. So it was a really great transition position for me. But I just want people, yeah, to hear that it's like I took my same job. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I literally, I did the math. (laughs) I I did the math on how much, how much am I actually getting paid to do this job at the American Cancer Society? I pulled in all the insurance. I pulled in all the, you Mm -hmm. know, taxes, everything. And I had a number that I needed to basically correlate to. And that's what I did was I pitched that amount to a couple organizations and that's how I made the transition. So and then it freed me up to do one-on-one coaching and it freed me up to do some other stuff as well. So, and to actually write the book. Mm-hmm. And so, all that just was space for me to build out the rest of my business.
0: Okay. So, if somebody asks you, so Mary, when did you start your business? Where do you usually, do you say 2014, 13? Like where do you kind of pinpoint Yeah,
1: 14, yeah, 14 was the year that I started. So, okay. yeah, my dad passed in 13 and it was one year later in 2014 that I started my business.
0: Okay. Now? we're 2021 20, somehow we survived 2020
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> All right yes uh, a little a little blip <laughs> yes.
0: um, how has your business changed since 2014
1: yeah so it has drain it's it's changed drastically and that's just because i have uh walked into a season where you know coaching and training my goal was to really get into the hundreds and the thousands of, of individuals that I could help. So how I continued to build my business was I was like, okay, I went one to one, like I just mentioned. So I went one to one, then I was like, okay, how do I get to 10? And so Mm -hmm. then I added the coaching. So I grabbed 10, you know, I started working one-on-one with 10 different nonprofits. And then I was like, okay, how do I get to a hundred? And so it was always about like scaling that and building out my business enough to, to modify that. So, so I'm now in the season of where I'm helping thousands and um that has really you know just obviously changed the way that i do my business and and helping a lot of people um, through coursework, you know, I've, I've got a program called Fully Funded Academy and mm-hmm. I work with our, our dear friend, Mike Kim on that. So, yep. um, but I will tell you guys like real quickly is that my book. So I, I mentioned, I started my business, um, mm-hmm. did the consulting work, wrote that book, Fundraising Freedom. And then that, that book, as I was presenting it at a conference, um, Mike Kim was in the audience and he looked at that book. And the next thing I knew, we were starting a business together, helping missionaries mm-hmm. and and so it was like, it was just one door opened after the next. And I think sometimes we're mm-hmm. always looking for, where's the 10th door? <laughs>
0: like, I'll right, right. I, I
1: get through the 10th door. And it's like, just walk through the one door at a time. Mm. And, you know, you're just always preparing for that next season. And, and that's really what I did was I just kind of layered on, you know, started a podcast and then I started helping more people and getting my message out to more people. So, you know, it just, it's, it's really just taking one step at a time to build out that business. Yeah.
0: That's super helpful to, again, to take the pressure off to say, Mary didn't sit down in 2013 and map out, oh, I'm going to, this for two years with my framework, then I'll release a book, and then somebody will come up to me, and that will you know launch skyrocket me into this new thing like no you like you said you you're faithful to what you need to do, you're working hard um but as that next opportunity comes you you walk through there and yeah it's much easier to look back now and go. Oh, so you like tried your craft out? You know, figured out how to do it. Then you mapped that out into a framework. Then you put that in a book. That gave you a platform, which then helped you know skyrocket this whole new kind of business. Yeah, but that's not what you were drawing out in 2011. Is oh, this is exactly how it will work. So if you're listening again, that same process might work for you. It may be a great fit for you. It might not. So please don't hear anybody, let alone us, tell you. And the formula is, (laughs) right? Come up with a framework, write a book, and then speak at some conference and some guru you've, you know, that you would just love to come speak to you will come speak to you and you all partner in business and take over the world.
1: Exactly. Exactly. When I was sitting down starting my business, I actually had, um, I did a little bit of a mind map and I Mm -hmm. just a little stick figure of me in the middle and all the different areas of my life. And in my business, I really, I was like, I want three clients. You know, I wanted these three big clients. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is where it's always fun is that I had the one big client and then I brought on the second client. I was like, Oh dear Jesus, take this one away. Oh. <laughs> like, like you just, you, you realize really quickly that you have a capacity to a certain extent and you know, even though you think, oh, I can handle all this, mm-hmm. you don't know till you jump in. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, Robbie, but I thought I could I could do back-to-back coaching calls. Like mm. I could just one after the next. And you don't think about the fact that it's like you're mentally drained. Yeah. After being yeah, on yeah. a video screen for 60 minutes or 90 minutes or however long it is. And so so you really do have to just step out, start working through it, figure out if that's what you like. And then go from there. But yeah, thank you for <laughs> addressing that because if I if everything would have come true the way that I wanted it initially, oh yeah, therapy, big, big trouble. You would be in the corner crying a lot. <laughs> I'd be really exhausted and very yeah, <laughs> in a bad. Uh,
0: that's so good. <laughs> well, that's it for part one of this episode. Coming in part two. We're going to take a look at how mary has evolved her own business why she changed things after having her biggest year ever and how these changes impacted her website and what she did about it so make sure you join us for part two of that episode that will be coming out very soon i want to give you a couple of ways to go ahead and start connecting with mary now as this podcast releases She actually is hosting an online summit. It's called the Fully Funded Online Summit. That's from April 19th, which is today through April 23rd. That's a free online conference. It's there to help missionaries and ministry leaders raise more support. I am privileged enough to be one of the featured speakers on there. So that summit April 19th through 23rd, it's called the Fully Funded Online Summit. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. That's at fullyfundedsummit.com, fullyfundedsummit.com, or just click the link in the show notes. That's open all week, the week of April 19th through the 23rd. So you don't have to jump in. And I believe uh, my other friend, Mike, who's hosting it with Mary, those, that summit is open all week. So if you join You know, on Tuesday or Wednesday, in other words, not right at the beginning, you have the full week to take advantage of all the great help that you will find there at the fully funded online summit. So make sure you go check that out. I will also put a link to Mary's personal site, maryvaloney.com. There will be a link for that. And then I'll put a link to the fully funded academy. So make sure you go check that out. And then again, make sure you join us for part two of the interview that will drop very soon. Speaking of things coming very soon, I recently shared some exciting news about the Brand Ed podcast. Recently, I've been exercising. This is my analogy of what announcement are you talking about? Well, I've there's this trend in the, I guess it's a trend in the exercise space. I've noticed it it's called HIT training, H-I-I-T, high intensity interval training. It's meant to be like, really short, really sweet. And that got me thinking, hey, I want to start doing that some with my podcast. So, coming up on this same podcast feed, I just wanted to let you know there's going to be some new shows or new show types dropping in this feed. Each of these are going to be short, punchy, much shorter than these types of episodes. They're going to be thought provoking. There's going to be one, it's going to be called the Brand Ed Bullet. It's going to give you four. Kind of quick wins, four weekend wins that will usually drop on a Friday. It'll be a super short episode, probably less than 10 minutes, probably even more around the five ish minute mark, or maybe even shorter. And that will give you something to check out, something personal, something to chew on over the weekend. So that's going to be called the Brand Ed Bullet. One should drop this week. Also, the Brand Ed Digest. That's where I'm gonna do a really short recap and highlights from a previous episode. So that's a way for you to learn something really, really fast. And then if you want more, you can go take a deep dive in the full episode that I'll be referencing. But that's gonna be called the Brand Ed Digest. I'm also gonna be doing something called the Brand Ed Brainstorm. This is just a playground for crazy, what if anything goes, you know, why not ideas for you and I to consider for our business. Maybe some of us will try this out together. You'll let me know how it goes, or I'll try it out and let you know how it goes. But it's it's just a place where we can brainstorm together and say, why everyone zigs, what if we zagged here? And then the fourth one, I'm gonna call that the Brand Ed Dissenting Opinion. It's kind of like when the Supreme Court you know, Justice, one of those has a minority opinion on a judgment. It's kind of like an op-ed piece. It's a place where I may tackle a common teaching thought, something around marketing out there that I go, I'm not sure if that's the whole picture. And I might slightly disagree, not just for the sake of disagreeing, but just to get us thinking, is this the whole story or is there more to it? If you have a question on positioning, a question for the podcast, then I would invite you to share that. You can submit that question at RobbieF.com forward slash question, I will put that link in the show notes as well. I would love to hear from you and I would be glad to do whatever I can to answer your question about positioning and pitching and profiting from your personal brand. Again, look for The Brand Ed Bullet, a new show dropping this Friday. It will be four freaky fast Friday wins right, to get you going on your weekend. Something to check out something to think about, something personal, and something a client has asked recently. So check that out. Until that drops, go and build a life-giving brand.